Saturday, William Shatner. T.J. Hooker is the name. Today's tough cop. I like doing my job. Fighting for justice. There's a war going on out there on our streets. People are scared. A special 90-minute premiere. Freeze! William Shatner is T.J. Hooker. Saturday. So long, man. You know, everywhere I go, I see STP oil treatment. Hi, Richard. You find STP at the auto supply store, at the big discount store out of the interstate. Hey, Tom. A lot of people stock STP, because a lot of people want STP. I take good care of what works hard for me. So for my car, it's STP. Remember all those days when I used to take you out and make you drink, and we'd go to the Irish pubs, and you're like, Dion, I don't want to go out. I'd be like, come on, it'll be fun anyway. <laughs> and like, but Dion, I don't want to go out and drink. And I'm like, but it's going to be fun. And we go out and drink, and you'd be like, this isn't fun. I'm like, come on, you're having fun. And then you get hammered. You'd be like, I told you this wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. Time we went to the bartender Ernie's. Remember that? His, oh, we went to yeah. the, gosh, we that was a night of all nights. He was Bartending. He was the he was the barkeep, yeah, an Irish barkeep at the playwright pub. And, that and so we was drank. My local. And so we drank there all night, all night. Because and then we went so back to his like, place. And drank <laughs> yeah, was it just hours. the three of us, or did anybody else come? No, it was just me, you, and him. Yeah, and so we went a, back to Ernie's place. And he had a but a bar yeah. in his basement. He had a bar. He had a like with a marble bar down in his basement. Turned it on like, uh, and then he got hammered. Uh, Ernie, Ernie was from, where was he from? I think he was from Leecham and he was singing, you know, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. (laughs) And he had like the opticals, which are like the, in, in Europe are the, um, it's these devices that you put the bottle of liquor in upside down and then you have the shot glass and you push it up and it gives you like a perfectly measured shot. They call them opticals. So he was giving us those and we're just chugging and. And he lived like, I don't know, maybe it was two blocks away or three blocks away from my parents' house at the time in, in good old H-Town, Hamden. And uh, gosh, I don't even remember what happened after that, but we got pretty drunk, huh? Listening to like Johnny Cash and <laughs> yeah. whatever else under the sun. And you're not even a drinker, so it's the three of us just getting hammered down there talking about whatever. Those were the days. Yeah. Well, you know, the problem with me is I'm not a big drinker, but... I'm a big guy, so I, you know, I could hold, I could hold my own, but you know, you weren't as bad, but I always had friends that were big drinkers. So like when I would hang out with Mike Romano, it was always about going out and drinking and stuff. And the Hastings brothers were alcoholics, so, you know, it was always about drinking beers and watching movies with them. So I was surrounded myself with people that drank. I always feel like I've forced you to drink. Like, I would always be, let's go drink or do something social, you know? Yeah, well, the, the problem, the difference was, at that time, I was in a relationship, and you weren't, and that's why you go out and drink. <laughs> that's the only this reason why true. guys go to bars, is to meet Yeah, we were women. going to talk to girls, yeah. Giles. 
and then oh, what did you just reminded me of something to the to, to go out and drink. But it's funny though because then the first time I met you, I remember when we were talking to the same girl. We were a courtner. Remember, you used to have the trick where you'd be able to shotgun a beer in a second. Remember that old trick of yours? Yeah, I mean, I was. And that really amazed her. She's like, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Cheryl. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this guy's a real drinker. <laughs> you got to watch out for him. That was the last Super Bowl I ever watched. It was the, like Super Bowl of 98 where we watched it in her dorm room. We did? Yeah. I have no memory of that. That would have been January then, right? January 98? January or February of 98, yeah. That was the last time I watched a Super Bowl. Holy fuck. That was my girlfriend at the time. Well, if you called it a girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, I don't watch. Don't, don't feel bad. I don't watch a Super Bowl. The last Super Bowl I kind of watched. I mean, we're really, we're really per- turning off the, the, the audience. <laughs> the last Super Bowl I really watched was the one with the Janet Jackson. Uh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake. Uh, faux pas or whatever. Because yeah. I went to a Super Bowl party. Yeah, I was invited to, and then that happened, and then aside from, I mean, I used to watch, like, for the commercials, I'd watch, and then that was only if I was around, but now I don't care. You know, I work a lot of them and stuff like that, but I don't watch, because I'm not, well, it's just because we're not sports people, you know. I like uh, High Lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan we're of, a uh, I would things. watch Irish Curling if it was on here, oh, but, it, but yeah. it's not, because I gave it the 10. I'd, I've watched rugby, and I watched billiards, and I've watched darts. When I'm when I'm home with my wife in her home in England, uh, darts is on ESPN. That's just regular stuff, and that's pretty intense. <laughs> then the next guy comes up. <laughs> I like to watch sumo when it's on because they just cut everything oh. else out. It's just we. It's yeah, just, sumo's great. They just go from one match to another. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, we've talked about that. Sumo is freaking awesome. I absolutely love sumo. The wife and I watch sumo at night. The problem is, is we have a um, we get our our channels terrestrially on the um, aerial antenna above on our apartment building. So it's a matter of when the Japanese channel comes in. So we have like a, a a DVR season or whatever you call it record for sumo, and it's sumo seasonally. Seasonally, so I get them like in September a bunch, and then whatever couple months later there'll be a bunch whenever it's going on. And we knew different sumo wrestlers, but then it's a fifty fifty shot if it'll come in, and then if it comes in, if the reception's good, because with digital there's really there's no forgiving like the old days of analog. With digital, it just breaks up and you lose it. Where the old days analog. You know, everyone remembers trying to, like, get Playboy when we were little. If you're old enough, you could still see a picture that's blurry and hear audio, but digital's not forgiving at all. It just cuts out, breaks up. I saw there was a commercial, uh, probably was watching Pluto TV. There was a commercial for, like, some big sumo event happening, like, in Westchester or something. I was going to text you and say, hey, you want to go see sumo When was live? this? It's recent. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it hasn't happened yet. Oh, I would do that. I would do that in a second. I love freaking sumo. And then especially because we were looking around at when to do it. There was something happening, not at the garden, but someplace in New York City. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. And then because uh, it's a whole thing. I mean, like, you know, I saw a doc on it, which I think we've talked about in the past, where it's like they come and they got to bring. It's almost like Dracula. They got to bring their, their like uh, domestic earth or, or dirt to the to the site. And then it takes two days for them to build the mound that they're on. A certain there's a tradition of how you build that mound and stuff like that, and then, you know, people think of sumo and you laugh, but you watch that sumo man. It's all it's pretty, no holds barred. It's there's a lot of aikido going on. There's a lot of like judo because those guys must be slapping the shit out of each other, especially if it's it's two trucks hitting each other, 
and then they're grappling, and then if they break out of it, they can just start whacking each other while the referee's yelling at them, getting them to pump up, and then you just either got to have one fall or knock them out of the ring. It can get intense. Blood everywhere I've seen once or twice, you know, and then, like, you know, then you see some of, like, the Westerners there. There's a Westerner from, like, um, uh, Ukraine or Georgia or someplace, so you could tell he kind of looks like Steven Seagal, like he's got, like, you know, like a Westerner face. You know, and then there's a couple of guys who are like from like Hawaii, you know, uh, but oh, I love it. You know, it's great. <laughs> it, it, it's really you don't know what you're missing until you till you watch sumo. And there's nothing I would enjoy more than going to see sumo live. Although <laughs> at my age, it might hurt like sitting on the floor because everyone's sitting like uh, you can't say Indian style anymore. Cross legged. <laughs> You know, you're sitting like that in a little box. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, I don't know. With, I with a mask on. I can't even on, cross you know? my legs that way anymore. Yeah, so you're sitting like that. Well, welcome to um, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. I was um, going to say, uh, as, you know, as we digress, but that's kind of the point of this show now. Is the, this the, is the it's digress. A, it's a complete digression. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, we're we're actually deconstructing <laughs> the Saturday Night Sleepover model. So. Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. I'm Dion Baya. And I'm Jay Blake. And uh, we're here today. We were going to do a movie, and then, um, you know, that kind of fell through because the VCR wasn't working. Yeah. The VCR spit out the tape, and we're like, fuck. And then it, and then we tried to repair the tape, and then we, we took it back to behind where we watch it to the to the unfinished side of the basement. And my dad has a little workbench area, so we, we put, you know, we took the VCR apart. And we took the tape out, and it was stuck on the heads, and then it just cut the tape, and then we lost, and then it was, and then we ruined the tape, and my dad's pissed, and we haven't, you know, you know, so uh, we just said, you know what, look at what time it is already. It's kind of like when you're looking for something on like DVR, you know, you're looking for something, and then it, or not DVR, on like instant streaming, and it takes you four hours to find something, and then you've allotted all your time. So we said, you know what, let's just try to put something on a wax, and we'll record something. So. Uh, Blake brought a very good point up. Your dad was pissed because it was his copy of, uh, what's the name of that movie? Ghost in the Darkness. What's the name of that lion movie your dad likes? <laughs> he loves Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> yeah, he loves Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas's Ghost in the Darkness. He loves anything, li- li- the, the African Safari Lion. What's the name of that that special? That oh. was pretty big at the time, the National Geographic yeah, after special. Remember. I know I watched it with your dad one early, early one morning while you were still asleep. We had a sleepover. Yeah, we had a sleepover with a couple girls, and uh, Blake and I brought back from the bar, and then uh, Blake slept on the couch. I slept on a futon with one of them, platonically, I think. I don't think we did anything. But then you got up early, and you went upstairs, and I was still sleeping, and then my dad, like, you and my dad had a cup of coffee, and my dad's like, hey. Blake, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> he sat you down and you guys watched this. <laughs> but what, remember, it was a very famous, at the time, it was a very famous, because it was the first, people think about, and this is nothing now, but it was like the first time cameras got as close to follow a pride around or something yeah. in the dark. So you saw the, the lion um, herd or whatever you call them, the family, the pack in action with the hyenas taking things apart. So it was yeah. very, very new at the time. It was, it was bonding it was, time with Pat. Because I sat yeah. there and I watched that. And then remember, I don't think they... Inf- they don't think they have commercials for it anymore, but there used to be the infomercial where you strap that, you stick that thing <laughs> onto your stomach... And, you, and it vibrate. It gives you shocks and it vibrates. Yeah, and you turn it on and, it's, and you lose it's weight shock, that way. It shocks your ab muscles to clench. So you yeah, it just, makes you flat. Yeah, flench. Your dad clench, like, and then that's supposed to. And your dad like souped me up into that thing. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he put the oil because it, it comes with like uh, it comes with contact a, like pads. A lubricant. Oil, yeah, yeah, you got to lube because you don't want to burn yourself. And then you, you, you then you put it up. It's almost like tem pads. People who have to put electrodes on yeah. for like you know if you have back issues or whatever issues, and they give you the tem pad set. It's so you got the lube, the little gel, and then you put it on, and then you put it up to the tolerance that you could take. And then you go really high. It's like seizing your muscles because it's sending yeah. a low voltage. It's like zip, zip. So he that was. Yeah, in the early 2000s, that was like a phase where they were selling that on TV. You know, get at, you know, you want rock hard abs and you don't want to do shit. Well, <laughs> put this thing on and, <laughs> and it'll do it for you. Yeah. So your dad like stuck that on to me. And so I'm sitting there laying on the couch. <laughs> 10 in the morning or 9 in the morning. <laughs> getting a workout while I'm, while I'm watching this Drinking li- coffee. <laughs> lion documentary, getting, getting shocked every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> While reading up the New York Post or something, you know, it's like having some donuts and whatever the hell. He went out for donuts and hard rolls, and, and then you know, would you like another cup of coffee? <laughs> he was he was a um, lazy boy, and I was laying on the couch. <laughs> zup, zup, zup. Anyway, you brought up a good point that we should do a disclaimer at the head of this episode. Although people who've already automatically this downloads into your queue may have seen the title. But we're going a little um, different this week. We're doing a side cast, almost like a side chat, or I don't know what you want to call this, a side rant, a side digression. The tangent. The tangent. Yes. The Saturday Night Movie, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers presents The Tangent. <laughs> it's basically our regular show minus the movie. <laughs> so if uh, for all the people that complain about how we never get to the movie and they don't like our BSing, uh, this this episode is probably not for you. You might be might, might you, you might skip this one. We just thought you know everybody's friends. We're all friends here. We're all old buddies who sit around and drink a beer or a mega joke cola or a cup of coffee or a cup of decaf or a, peel open a bucket of pizza, a bucket of pizza and drink some rubbing alcohol like I tend to do and um, you know some or some um, some cologne and uh, try to get that catch that follow that buzz. And then, um, you know, we're just going to sit here and chat like uh, it's like a night you plan to watch a movie, but then you guys have so much fun chatting away with the old friend or whatever, and then you don't end up watching the movie because you have such a fun time in the uh, the banter up until watching the movie. And then you look at the time, and you're like, should we start the movie? No, it's too late to start the movie. Are you sure? i got to go home soon. So that's what this is. So people who don't like us just... Talking about nothing may not like this. But hey, give it a shot. You might think it's funny. You might find us obnoxious to begin with already. <laughs> and you tolerate us because you listen to the <laughs> movies that you, us, that you like. Yeah. So I, I, I you know, will say that I'd say about maybe 50% or more of the people that reach out to us about the show, when they comment and they have questions or they talk about things they like about the show... I'd say it's about 50% or maybe even a little more that they're talking about our stupid jokes and stories, not yeah. about our movie coverage. They, so Yeah, uh, one of the appeals we get from people um, to just repeat everything Blake just said is that people, <laughs> <laughs> as I usually do, <laughs> I tend to just sum up what Blake says in a different way, um, is that people enjoy our chemistry because we have an old uh, friendship, kinship, and they, they like our back and forth and all that kind of stuff, our comfortability together, because, you know, we're sitting here in our 
in our G.I. Joe and, and He-Man uh, onesies uh, with the Transformers and the mask um, sleeping bags. You know, uh, Blake brought over his uh, G.I. Joe tent, uh, but it's small. It's the troop carrier. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to fit into that. Our thing. legs fit in it. <laughs> the, rest yeah, of exactly. the, the rest of us are hanging out the, <laughs> hanging out the door. We're like just our arms are on the top of it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. And we're, it's like, this is the wrong way. It's like... <laughs> It's like a pup tent. You see, like those, like a like a Boy Scout tent or something. I know we've talked. I so, know we've brought it up on the show, but bed tents. I don't know why yeah. bed tents went the uh, the way of the the dodo bird. <laughs> the dodo bird. I... Maybe something was happening because you. I, I never had a bed tent. You might have said. I think you said you had one. But I it's did. Like you have I didn't have like I didn't have like a cool GI Joe bed tent. It was just like a you blue, just had the generic, right? Just a generic blue bed tent. Yeah, and it was on the top bunk. At my dad's house, I had bunk beds because originally my brother and I shared a room. And then when they moved, I think my brother had his own room and then he ended up moving in with my dad. So he had like a nice room with like nice furniture. And then not that the furniture was not nice in my room, but all of a sudden the bunk bed was obsolete in our house. And I think I originally slept on the top bunk because, you know, that's the cool bunk to sleep on. But then I I think I like got up to pee or something in the middle of the night and like fell like five feet because <laughs> at my mom's house i didn't have one <laughs> so, yeah you're not used to it when you have to sleep to it. So there's started, a ladder and a... so i started sleeping on the bottom bunk but on the top bunk eventually there was a bed tent that was uh completely useless because i didn't sleep up there which is bold because then it also you have to gauge the height of the room versus the top because i had a bunk bed but the bunk bed, I don't know. If you think of it now, with the bunk bed there, there was probably only like a four-foot clearance before the top of the, the 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 ceiling. And the ceiling was that, you know, like my basement stucco when we did our Dirty Dancing podcast, you know, um, where we reenacted. So it's like the hard, you can break off the, yeah. the uh, whatever you call that, um, the mor- not the mortar, but whatever. Yeah, the, I know what you the, mean. Yeah, I think everybody knows people, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. the white so it's like you had to... Yeah, that stuff that snaps off. So I used to just at night just snap off and just make the <laughs> ruin the ceiling. You know, the pointy it's just like lead chips yeah. and, and <laughs> just falling in my face. Yeah. <laughs> but then you wake up too hard and you stand up, you just your face goes into it and you look like like, you know, a two face. So you couldn't put a bed tent conceivably on mine because I don't know if it would fit. But maybe there was an issue with the if we if we looked into if we did a six episode Netflix documentary on bed tents that only needs to be done in 20 minutes, but we stretch it out to six or eight episodes, like all these damn documentary series nowadays. I wonder if there was an issue where it's like, you would think you'd have to like, um, so, and then of course, since we're not parents at the moment, parents probably already know this answer, like yelling at the, at the, <laughs> at the player, but I'm sure it's like, it has to secure itself under the mattress or something. So the bed tent doesn't fall off, you know, cause the kit or the kit. So I wonder if something happened. I, you know, it, it must've been a, cause I, maybe it was just a passing fate. They were just trying to think of anything they could sell children that could market it. And they were like, you know, sleeping bags, check. Uh, you know, bed linen, check. Clothes, check. Onesies, check. Bed tents, do it, check. <laughs> you know, so. You remember the the beds at college? And they were just like those like square metal frames. Yeah, and metal you ones. could, if you had like the pieces if they lined up correctly you could make yeah you could put them 
Yeah. Like if you just like had they the, did that the the girl we were talking about they did that with their bunk or did they have an extra bed they in had there like or a did third they bed for some reason they did have a third bed right so they were able so then so it was if you had the strength you could lift it and if it worked right the legs could fit into the top yeah posts. like if you had like you, but then you then how would you get I forget would you need a ladder or no, would they I mean, I forget then, if I think just we climbed were adults, up you could just jump up there but, but that's uh, still like anyway <laughs> where I'm where I'm going with this is. If you had like the correct male female parts on the bed, <laughs> you yeah. could make a bunk bed. Like they would interlock the tops yeah. tops of the bottom bunk and the top and the bottom of the top bunk. When I lived in the old apartment, so junior year, when I lived in that apartment with a bunch of musicians, it was Josh, the late great Josh Nasugi, and I shared a room. So there were there were dorms on our campus, and then they had two different apartments. They had what they called the old apartments because they were probably the first on-campus apartments made. And then they had a newer called the new apartments that were newer camp apartments made. Blake lived in both par- apartments, but we aff- referred to them as the old and the new. So Blake at this time, he lived in the, he went from dorms to the new apartments for a year or so. And then he went over to the old apartments and lived in the old. So when you yeah. lived in the old. It was all on campus. <laughs> and I lived yeah. with this crazy guy named Josh Dasugi. Uh, God, God rest him. God bless yeah, that guy. Yeah, he passed away. Uh, and we shared a room. And it was the same layout, kind of, but in reverse, as your apartment in the old, where there was like one double room and then two single rooms. Yeah. So Josh and I had the double room. And we decided to make take the beds and make bunk beds, except for they weren't the... They weren't meant to be bunk beds. They were like two single beds. But they we, they interlocked. But what happened was the bottom bunk was like a coffin. Like there was like half the, the height <laughs> as, as a bunk bed. So you'd have to like shimmy <laughs> into bed. And then the top bunk was like like four inches away from your face. And we did that. And Josh was bigger than me at the time. And so Josh slept on the bottom bunk and i slept on the on the top but he'd have to like shimmy into bed it was like living it was like, and then when you got onto the bed would it sag the top probably. even more was it <laughs> because that sounds like a, like the um on like navy uh boats those bunks are pretty tight you know yeah. you sleep in that sounds like that like you're fitting in and it's like <laughs> Remember, the first night him getting into bed and then he just like jammed into this little tiny little space and uh just, then, he just thought then it was the, funny. he was the kind of guy the bed springs thought some of that something like that was funny so we kept it that way as we've as we've uh probably discussed I, i'm always watching at least one old show on at any given point. I watched all of MacGyver. I watched all of Quincy. I watched yeah. all of Taxi. And as yeah. you know, my my new fascination is Streets of San Francisco with Carl Malden. And you did Cheers too, right? I did all of Cheers, but that was, that was a long time ago. Long, did all of Cheers. I'm very proud of you for doing MacGyver because years I was a MacGyver advocate. And then if you know me, you've known me for over 25 years now, you can maybe see some of the um, influence of Richard Dean Anderson on my character <laughs> and upbringing and psyche of being a pussy in certain situations and, and having my pocket knife always on me. But uh, uh, I've been way into streets of San Francisco 
is my my latest. And I started, that's like my dinner story. That's like the my dinner time story. My bedtime story, I just started it yesterday, is now Miami Vice. You know, I was thinking there's a lot of people, this is insane. There's a guy I work with who you met uh, who is a huge Miami Vice fan. I mean, he knows episode, I mean, he's very, very much into it to the point where like 10 years ago or so when people were still making playlists and stuff and downloading songs, he found all the songs and made like in the proper order, even the ones that weren't available. So he gave me, I have all the, the, even the stuff that's not out and all this stuff. He like season four, episode two, there's this song. And so he had every, every single thing he became his player. Yeah. I mean, the music budget of that show had to be astronomical. I'm only, I'm only two episodes in. I mean, the first episode is is like a pilot movie. Yeah. So I just watched episode two. Uh, I watched that because that's what's what's his face gets killed in it, isn't it? What's his name? Um, Ed O'Neill's in the, uh, in the second in the second episode. Yeah, but isn't doesn't um, what's his name? Uh, the pilot movie uh, Jimmy uh, Smiths gets killed. That's it. Jimmy Smiths gets killed. Yeah. That was it. I remember that. I remember that being he's Sonny Crockett's partner at the beginning. Yeah, and then they have to bring him. Yeah, spoiler. So I, I watched the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but then so. For years, my friends were like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I was like, yeah. And then um, when our mutual friend David Hastings passed away that we talked about, uh, f- after the funeral at the reception, talking to his brother Steve, Steve is a huge yeah. Miami Vice fan. Steve loves Miami I was like, oh, my Vice. God. And I was, and he's like, it's all, he's like, for comfort, that's what I do is I watch Miami Vice over and over again. And I was like, I can perfectly understand that because I do that a lot with some of my TV. I was talking to my friend at work about it, and then they were two getting it on to me. And then Steve told me. That this fall, they're doing a Miami Vice reunion in Miami Vice after, what is it, 40 years or something like that? So everyone's going to be there. It's going to be like a, the first ever convention. Oh, it's like, a, I was going to say, is it a convention or like a TV movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it's a convention. Like, like, like the old days, you'd get the, like the yeah, no, Brady no. Bunch Christmas. <laughs> yeah, coming back. No, it's a, it's a, like a first ever Miami Vice convention. I know there's like a Starsky and Hutch one, I think maybe yearly somewhere, but somewhere like obscure, like in the somewhere like in the middle of America where it's like, I'm not traveling there. So it just started Miami Vice. So I was thinking of watching that too in the new year. I well, said that maybe back you should in the fall. Start, and that way that's, we- that's how I am like, you know what? We can watch it together. Because a friend of mine, he, this was back in September. I was like, you know what? Maybe in the new year I'll watch Miami Vice. And he's like, all right, go for it. And then that's a big commitment. So I'm like, eh. But if you're telling me you're watching it, yeah, maybe. I just, I just started literally yesterday, yesterday afternoon. I laid in bed and I watched the TV movie, the pilot movie. And then last night. Before I, yeah, I got into bed before I went to sleep and I watched the second episode. I just came off of watching all 10, was it 10 seasons, 10 or 11, 12 seasons of uh, Smallville. Which I'm thinking of getting into now. <laughs> which I, which I, which we missed because we were like in college when that show came on, I think. No, well, or, or we, we were, were just out of college was, and still I wasn't yeah. watching a lot of TV. Because I remember people at work telling me while it was on, they were watching. And I was like, really? Well, it was all, I mean, I it was all for a long time. Be, so even if it yeah. started when we were in college, I mean, it went on for like several, like at least 10 seasons. For some reason, ignorantly, I equated it with like a, the, the, the same level as like One Tree Hill or a Dawson's Creek. So I was yeah. like, oh, I thought it was just going to be silly. And, but people were like, I remember back then, people were like, no, it's a great show. You got to watch it. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. And then, you know, years later, as I learned more about it and stuff like that, you know, friends with John Schneider that I know, and it's just like, oh, 
Maybe I should watch this. I, and, and... I'd be interested to see if you get into it. It's not a show that I would. If I was going to be like, I'm watching something, you should watch it. I don't know if I would, yeah. if I would recommend Smallville to you. I mean, you might like it just fine. I don't know how much. Because it is very much, a, especially in the beginning, a teen melodrama. With, sure. With like a freak of the week. The first two yeah. seasons are kind of like a monster of the week, kind of kind of cold shacky in that way. But yeah. set in high school with like a lot of teen melodrama going on. And then it becomes more of a soap opera. It kind of goes through a couple of iterations as they, a couple of iterations. But the first four or five seasons are supposed to be incredible. The writing I hear about, you know, John Glover. Wow, Jesus, he's the goat, as people say nowadays. And, yeah. you know, everybody on that show is pretty solid and stuff. So, it's, so you know. I watched Smallville and I was going to try to watch that Superboy show from the 90s, which everybody says like, oh, the first like season or two is really bad. And I started watching it and I will continue to try to, pepper them in but i just i guess i got supermaned out and that show just was not holding my attention so i'm starting miami vice but at dinner how many seasons of the how many seasons of the superboy is there i don't know four maybe but apparently there's wow. a big shift like they might even recast it i don't know the history of it i'm surprised Ho- you haven't Ho- gone Ho- jose do... jose who's listening right now <laughs> we'll, he'll know right now he'll know exactly we'll, we'll know everything about it I'm surprised you're not going like uh, OG and going like uh, Lois and Clark. I was thinking about it, but I think I I did a bunch of Lois and Clark a while ago. I didn't get I didn't do the whole show, but I was thinking like I could go Lois and Clark. I could do the Flash. Uh, yeah, the Flash is only what like must be one or two seasons. But since I'm way into streets in San Francisco, I thought like maybe another buddy cop thing yeah. might be into it. But I will say like police procedurals were never like my thing, you know, like. Quincy is to a certain extent, but he's not a police officer. He's, uh, you know, a medical examiner. But, you know, he's solving crimes. But it's a different formula. He's very soapboxy. It's always like a... a yeah, there, um, there is a huge, message. At the end of every, every week, it's like, well, you're telling me that the drug is going to do this and we have to get it off the streets. We can't do anything, Quincy, unless we repeal it. Well, we're going to have to put a law in. It's like every episode is like, wow. It's like it's a fucking advocacy and there's people, yeah. So so I, have, I don't have a lot to compare it to, but... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Street to San Francisco is a very well-written cop drama. And I would effing love to interview Michael Douglas about it. (laughs) Yeah, just talk to him about that. I would love to talk to him about that and Carl Malden because they come off like they they have a great chemistry together. And you can kind of tell when you watch it that they genuinely kind of like each other. So I would love to talk to him about Carl Malden, but something tells me I won't be able to make that happen. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of great guests. Like I texted you after I watched the, the a Leslie Nielsen episode where Leslie Nielsen brought the house down. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that guy, Leslie Nielsen. And uh, yeah, I was watching a lot of them last winter. The, in Christmas time, 2022, they're on. They're on MeTV Plus. So I, there was a span there where I watched four or five in a row um, of Streets of San Francisco because it's hard to keep it. And then I, w- I, I of course, watched the pilot a couple of years ago, which is an insane pilot. <laughs> yeah, it's pilot. great. Pilot's insane, which is based, the Incredible. pilot is based on a book. That's what a lot of them were, the Blue Knight. A lot of them, they would do these TV movies, and then if, if it's sold, then they would, okay, greenlit, then they would make a series out of it. Yeah. So there's like credited still based on, the book that this woman wrote, but I don't think yeah. she had anything to do with the episodes. I think they just kind of took those characters and made a show out of it. 
it's even like that's with uh, Kolchak. You know, that was off Jeff Rice's book, yeah, the Kolchak Chronicles true. or whatever. And then Richard Matheson adapted the two movies, and then they did two TV movies, and then that begot us a TV series. And Richard Matheson's like, I can't do a TV series. Plus, that's I love crazy. I love San Francisco, so it's awesome to see. Like, oh yeah, there's the Buena Vista, and there's this, and I've been there. Well, you know, how cool would it be? <laughs> I don't know how many other shows, but you think about, you know how you had, a couple years ago, Blake had a commission done of, uh, uh, remember the diner table? And mm-hmm. you had different people sit at the diner table, different paint, characters. I had a painting done by an artist. Yeah, and it was, um, you had what, like Spider-Man, it was uh, Sp- Kermit? It was Spider-Man, Alice Cooper, Kermit, Snoopy, Buster Keaton, did we say that yet? Captain Kirk? Yeah. And they were all sitting around a diner booth, like a rounded diner booth, eating pancakes. <laughs> either, late, either late at night after an adventure or early in the morning. They're and all just this, sitting and around. And it's this giant, gorgeous oil painting. <laughs> yeah. So wouldn't it be cool if you got a commission done of, I don't know if it'd be like a booth, but maybe more of like sitting on the stools at a diner and you got like, you know, Frank Bullet, Steve McQueen's Bullet, you got Harry Callahan, Dirty Harry, you have th- those because those are all San Francisco cops. You yeah. have um, Mike Stone. You have Carl. Mal- <laughs> yeah, you have Carl Malden. You have Michael Douglas, and I'm sure there's other people that I can't think of now that that are famous. You know, going on of San Francisco cops into the 80s and 90s that were taking place there. But but for the iconic ones, um, you know, and I will suggest now I'll go on record as saying once you're done with San Francisco and you're looking for another procedural, I'll tell you go into Kojak. You're going to freaking love it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's where I talk about the writing. It's like this This can bifurcate in a lot of different ways, which we can go down, but it's like you, you realize why Telly Savalas was a star and a sex symbol, but it wasn't just him. It was the ensemble cast of his brother. It was the, the, the stories, and like we say, which is probably like Streets of San Francisco, they're all just as modern as they were 50 years ago when they were writing them. All these stories are just, you know, they're, you could you could cookie cutter them and put them in a new episode of Law and Order, and they'll work just fine. You know, it's just really yeah. crazy. And I, I also like I've been really kind of surprised at how cinematically Streets of San Francisco is filmed too. There's something that they do. I don't know if it's every episode, but there will often be like this long tracking shot where Carl Malden and Michael Douglas are talking, and it's like a long one single take as they walk down a hallway or they walk down a, like a sidewalk. And it's like, it's just a huge scene and it's all done in one take. You don't see any dolly tracks. I don't know if they're using like the old, like the original Panaglide or just a, a dolly on wheels with tires, but it's become, it's like a staple part of the show. You get to see like who, like Richard Donner has directed some episodes, but you start to see like the style of each director who's directing episodes. And there's this one who's like really goes balls out. There was a tracking shot in a, like the courthouse where Michael Douglas and Carl Mulder are talking and they're like rounding corners. And then as they leave, they walk past the camera. So it's like a long tracking shot where they round at least two corners, come out, and then they walk past the camera and leave the building as another character comes in. And so then it starts tracking the other way. up that camera. And then what, does it go up the steps? It doesn't go up the steps, but then it comes back around. That guy sits down to report that he has a, a gun of his has been stolen. And as he sits down, then it starts to move in on him at the table. And it was, it's like, oh. you know, it's like a good like minute long 
tracking shot where all this action is being blocked and everything. That gave me the idea then. So the, the plot of this painting could be Donald Sutherland circa health inspector from Invasion <laughs> of the Body Snatchers conferring with his friends, the cops. So you have... You know Harry Callahan, Steve McQueen, and you have the two of them, and he's trying to explain to them about something is going on. You could even have Leonard Nimoy in there as the psychiatrist. Well, he's not really a cop, but he's a psychiatrist in Invasion of the Bias Snatchers. But that's San Francisco as well. Um, but you mentioned the uh, Leslie Nielsen episode. Well, um, they used a lot back in the day. They used to use a lot of the same actors. Like Leslie Nielsen has been in at least three episodes so far as different characters. Yeah. Nowadays on Law and Order, if you are even an extra on an episode, and you're not even on camera, they won't let they won't hire you for another episode as like an yeah. extra. But back then, it's just like the same four actors in every episode. And that originally wasn't the case because there is an episode with the original season or first season one or two of uh, Law and Order, Jerry Orbach, he plays a lawyer on an episode. You know, he's like a real snazzy lawyer trying to get his defendant off. I think it's like when Paul Servino, and I forget who, who the other original, uh, the black guy who were the original cops, and then like the next year he comes on as Frisco, whatever his name was, his iconic character. So they would do that once in a while. and But certainly, like you're saying, back in the day, this was common practice. You'd have these really veteran actors those really established character actors that we would know from cinema and TV, they would come on maybe every season or every other season just playing somebody else. Yeah. And then if you're cinemaphiles like us, it's, that's why I find it just so much more satisfying to see those people that you dig playing. You're like, oh, look who it is. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, James Gregory or it's uh, Darren McGavin showing up or just somebody, you know, and you're like, you know, Leslie Nielsen, you know, and then everyone nowadays thinks about Leslie Nielsen as this comedic actor from Police Squad and Naked Gun and everything after that. But man, up until, I guess, up until the early to mid 80s when he was doing Police Squad, prior to that, you know, Creep showing before everything, he was a very serious actor and he, he was incredible in the parts he would play. Yeah. Season three, episode, I think it's episode one of San Francisco. It's his third appearance on the show playing different characters. But he plays a cop with an alcohol problem, and it is it is a tour de force. He should have gotten an Emmy for that performance, in my opinion. And this is, <clears throat> I forgot to mention, in between Quincy and this, I watched The Magician with uh, Bill Bixby. But that was only a season. But the Bix just showed up on an episode of uh, Streets of San Francisco, probably... 74, so probably just off of the magician. Magician probably just got canceled. And then he got a gig as like an assassin on, <laughs> on, uh, on Streets of San Francisco for an episode. Um, and then what do you... Uh, so, yeah, what's the, the plot synopsis was he was just a... He's a, he's a cop with a drinking problem. Something happens, and then his drinking kind of falls him off the wagon. Yeah, uh, sounds much like my first book, but in a in the other way is he he loses it by the drinking, and then he's taking corners and all that, and then yeah. he just kind of well, he has he has an incident where they stop somebody because they think this person has like robbed something that was like you know they came across the radio that there was like a blue sedan, blah blah blah. So they pull some guy over. Leslie Nielsen has had a few. He's on the job, but he's like he's stashing alcohol in, in like public bathrooms, like gas station bathrooms. On his beat, like he knows, yeah. yeah. 
like let me use the bathroom george they have the towel loop yeah in the public bathroom where you just pull it down to get a fresh piece of towel (laughs) yeah he's he's got the bottle like stuck in there is a bottle so he's drinking that's that's so smart i wish i thought of that (laughs) and then they uh they pull this guy over there's an altercation lo behold there's a scuffle with the guy in the car who's in who's innocent and uh leslie nielsen's partner gets shot by leslie nielsen (laughs) in this altercation and so then it's you know him spiraling trying to i guess cover up the accident and then by the end he's just he's just shit-faced and it's very like a really pathetic drunk at the end and it's it's really uh kind of heartbreaking well that last scene when he kind of starts shooting at everybody in the police station yeah and they kind of like they tackle him and they kind of like stop and they're looking at him in awe and he just starts like trying to talk and that's what got me what you said they got me to like go watch it because he's like like you never see a person play a drunk that way yeah realistically uh, yeah like on tv where you can't even understand most of what he's saying that's how drunk he is yeah but it's like he's crying and he's trying to like explain what he did and he's and he's not saying the words properly, and then you you automatically just start crying because you feel so bad for him, you know. But he's just like he's a very re- it's a realistic portrayal of a drunk. He's like I you know, and he couldn't he couldn't even say the words aren't coming out right. You kind of can say understand what he's saying, and they're all looking at him wide eyed It was just oh my gosh, just so so touching. I guess my point the point of the story is uh, as we wrap up our uh, slowly wrap up our first episode of this sh- new format of the show is. Yes, there's a lot of great TV on today, no doubt. It's People are considering it like some kind of crazy golden age of television with streaming and all that, and there's a lot of good shows. But there are some great shows back in the day. <laughs> there's always been great television. Yeah. And uh, I will go, I will fight to the death on the fact that Taxi is probably the greatest sitcom of all time after watching it this time around. It's a fantastic concept, one. It's a workplace sitcom, but most of them all have other jobs. So, you know, Tony's a boxer, Jeff Conway's an actor. So they all have these other lives outside of the of the taxi. But it's just hilarious. That show, talk about a, a well-written sitcom with maybe the best cast of all time with Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd and Judd Hirsch and Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And, and what's Street, her name? And then Streets of San Francisco. Yeah, Mary Lou Henner. And, Who looks um, amazing. You know, <laughs> she hasn't aged in 50 years. And uh, stuff like Kojak and, Col- and Columbo, which Dion loves. And I'm watching Streets of San Francisco. which That was never on in reruns in Philadelphia, to the best of my knowledge, when I was growing up. So th- this is... When I, when, I, when I revisited Quincy, I remember watching Quincy. Yeah. My grandfather liked Quincy. My grandfather liked Beretta, Bonanza... So like I have a pretty sure. good grasp on all those shows, but we never watched Streets of San Francisco, so it's been a really fun, complete, completely new show for me. And I know Michael Douglas leaves at some point, and it's going to be a sad day when his character departs the show and they bring in a new young guy to take his place. And they they do do a TV movie, a reunion movie in the late '80s, which I have on DVD, and it's just Carl Malden. Mike didn't want to come back. Uh, I'll have um, to. I'm gonna have to look that. I'm gonna have to find that. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, it's, I forget what it's called. It's called like the Return or something. Because like I did all the and, I did all the MacGyver TV movies after I finished MacGyver. Oh, the two of them, the two, the Atlantis one, and then yeah, there's another where it's one. just like he yeah, becomes in, he becomes Indiana Jones. Yeah, they they were half kind of I don't know. 
They were they were half there. I remember I remember you know I was watching that stuff when it premiered, so I was like taping it. I still have the original them taping with the commercials on VHS, and you know it was good, but it wasn't. You know, it was giving you your, your MacGyver kind of fill, but well, not the funny. Thing. Then I was <laughs> the funny thing about MacGyver is by like the last season or two. It's just like his friends coming and asking for help, and you could just tell. Yeah, it's just him driving around and like either that. Mac is just getting so disgusted. (laughs) Yeah, he's like every episode I'm losing almost. All I'm trying to do is restore this blue, uh, you know, this Chevy station wagon, or I'm trying to this pickup truck. So in the finale, when his son shows up, he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm leaving the Phoenix Foundation. I'm jumping on a Harley, and I'm and I'm just driving. Yeah, we're gonna go. He's just so fed up. With all these people that just keep taking and taking and the, taking, yeah, the, the, the Dalton brothers and all these people. Well, of, uh, his, Jack Dalton happens. His adventurous days of traveling the the world on missions get, that disappears, and he's just like, well, he retired by like season three or four. He kind of retired from going like, you know, um, away and doing like those James Bond is dropping him in like a foreign country. So by like season three or four, he's kind of like stateside doing, I think just like maybe uh, consultation work, yeah, you know, and then he's getting just, in. He's literally just helping people that he knows like out of jams. Yeah. It's like, and then like, you know, Murdoch showing up and he's like Cleo rocks <laughs> or Penny Parker. And he's like, Oh, Penny. And he feels bad for Penny. It's like Penny's like in the perpetual friend zone where she's hot as hell. And he's, He's like, ah, eh, you know, because he, every episode he's getting a new girl, but then I think he has, he has like mommy issues. Well, that kind of you watch the flashbacks. That kind of yeah, was too. He's not getting as much uh, action yeah, tail as he used to. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Penny always stays in the friend zone. He almost starts looking after her like a, like an older brother because she's kind of ditzy. Terry Hatcher played her a little well, bubbly. There's a whole other. We could do a whole show. There's an episode w- with Penny where. There's like a mansion, and there's like somebody living. Oh, in, so li- scary! Living the in the house. walls. We could do. Well, a we whole... don't know that though until the end. <laughs> but we could do a yeah. whole. We could do a whole episode. So scary. About, and then about... Mac, the, 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 the gaze- there's a lightning strike, and the gazebo busts, <laughs> and they find a, ske- a skeleton in the gazebo. And Max, like, so, and then instead of telling the cops, of course, Max just takes it upon himself to take the skeleton, buy some like rubber and clay at the local model store and art store and he and he, and he he forensically as one of these forensic sculptors would do he sculpts the face himself and then it reveals it looks like terry hatcher so because terry hatcher penny parker's gifted the house and uh she like i think her her mother went in her her mother or aunt whoever the grandmother went insane and disappeared, so we don't know what happened. And it comes to find out what is it he 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 discovers by the bones and like scratching it, it sparks. So it's there was lead in the water, right? And the lead was causing the um. <laughs> yes, but my point is, old houses with secret compartments, huge in the eighties oh. and ni- and early nineties, yeah. in seventies, seventies too. It's Bad so Ronald. You could do a you could you know. do a whole from Webster to MacGyver the V. History of people, tons of it, living. hiding in your walls. <laughs> or, did you ever watch the um, the the Richard Dean Anderson movie Through the Eyes of a Killer? I remember when it aired. Originally, there's two of them. He did, he did. Uh, I might be saying these wrong, but they they have similar titles. There's like Through the Eyes of a Stranger, and that's him as a cop. That's the first post MacGyver TV movie he did, where he's not MacGyver. He's got a mustache. He's a cop, and it's the woman from um the girl from family ties yeah justine bateman yeah she's the female in it and i forget the 
I forget what happens, but it was startling to see Richard Dean Anderson as a cop with a gun and all that stuff. Then the next episode is the movie, unrelated, is Through the Eyes of a Killer. And it's this episode where he's an architect, or he's a, a, a fix-it. This girl gets gifted this weird apartment that has all this weird stuff in it. And you're not, it's never fully explained why it has all this weird stuff in it. It has like um, pocket doors. If you hit a button, a steel door will come down and seal the room off and stuff like that. <laughs> so Mac meets her. They have like a one-night stand relationship, and he agrees to like help restore the house for her. And then people start dying, and then he disappears. Uh, and then you don't know what's happened to him until the very end of the movie. And then, again, it's alluding to what you're saying, living in the walls. Yeah. Really fucking freaky. Um, also, Hider in the House with Gary Busey and uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a classic. Busey's loose. So we're talking about you know two two points I want to make before we wrap this up. It's is that the first one is all this old episodic television that you're talking about. It's funny when you watch nowadays. I get you know you're sitting there and you're on your streaming service, and even though you're sitting there on the menu, they start inundating you with these commercials. And it's all these commercials for these new shows that, to me, don't look interesting at all. And it's like central casting. It looks like they just casted anybody they've found walking around New York City. And it's like, you know, everyone's like the same age. You're like early, mid-20s, and everybody looks very good-looking. And everyone's every, you know, there's diverse. Everybody's just represented, and everybody looks great, not a blemish. And you compare that to, like, the old days. It was like the old days, and this is a point you've made up, made years ago on the cast. It's like... You don't see shows nowadays where you're, you're, you're hiring a Telly Savalas or a Jack Klugman, a character actor who's done the work. Everybody nowadays just looks like they're cherry-picked from like a, like a GQ magazine or, or a Teen Beat or whatever. And to me, I'm just like, that's like, oh, it's just so... I don't believe any of this stuff. I don't believe these people are a parent or a friend or whatever. You know, these two... It's like, you know, everybody is a different denomination in a room and they're supposed to be friends for... It's just... it's. I like the old days where it was more believable, like the cast on Quincy. I mean, at what's-his-face's bar, like all those guys, yeah. <laughs> would, that would ever be cast that way again? You know, yeah. with, with, in a, you know there was it's a little like bit of representation. Sam was uh, we, Asian. And... Sure, I don't, but I don't mean like that. I just mean like the looks, people, you know, yeah. the representation. Well, yeah, I mean, with, but it's always the best-looking person you've ever seen in the role, you know? I mean, this is, this is going to might go into a whole other show but there's not character i mean what would the equivalent be putting paul giamatti in a yeah you're right yeah there's not there's not there's not a bar anymore there's not a ton of those kinds of actors anymore and i'm sure there are but i'm sure they're just not getting work well yeah i mean but i mean like someone who's established to give them like a lead on a yeah on like a cop show or whatever, you know, they're like, or they would give him a part. There aren't a lot of Jack Klugman's and Tully Savalas around anymore. I mean, there are weird looking people like that guy, Adam driver. I find kind of weird looking, but <laughs> yeah, it's well, like people, you know, people turn, they turn him into leading men. And, and it's like, you know, I, not that I want weirdos looking, but it's like, it's good to see people who look like regular people as opposed to everyone looks like a model. Look, you know, no one loves Nathan Fillion more than I do, but you know, he's. They, I guess they tried to do that with giving him a show called The Rookie, and he's like the older guy, and he's probably. You know what? He's probably like the same age as like Jack Klugman was in, Qu- yeah. in Quincy, but people age differently now. Like he doesn't look. 
he doesn't look like old and and weathered and and uh, no yeah they just looks like and then and then that's the other another conversation it's like they do these period pieces and everyone has like botox and it's like you know it's it's, it's yeah. the colonial victorian times and everyone's and got manicured like, yeah. eyebrows <laughs> yeah and then you know and and you know their lips are all puckered up and it's like they're supposed to be playing like a colonialist and you're like what the hell <laughs> um and then the last thing i was gonna this 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 came up with a fr- this is what I was going to start the podcast off until we went into this tangent. But then you, when you said old TV, I was like, oh, yes. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day at work, too. And uh, we were talking about TV shows that we used to watch back in the day because he's our age. So, like, a lot of people will talk about they don't remember the show as pre, you know, late 80s. And I'm like, well, we grew up in the early 80s, too, watching these shows. So I was like, you know, I remember on a Friday night watching, like, Dukes of Hazard into uh incredible hulk and then i think dynasty i think was on after i forget what the what the, it was either dynasty or it was the other one that dallas. was big at the time da- dallas it was one of them and that was they did that on purpose so that like the family would watch you know dukes of hazard together because it was a family show younger kids would go to bed maybe the older kids who were in this comic books would watch you know incredible hulk they go to bed then the parents would watch the dallas or the dynasty dynasty whatever and then i remember on a saturday night i would watch the muppet show I watched TJ Hooker, and on a Sunday night, I would watch uh, Knight Rider, Silver Spoons, and Ripley's Believe It or Not with Jack Palance. But those nights, I'm watching that up in my parents' room on their bed while they're watching whatever they are on the cabinet TV was color. Their TV, which is the one I used in my freshman film, if you remember way back when, uh, as a, as a, uh, a, a set piece in the freshman film, was a black and white television. So... I'm sitting there like on their bed back in the day in the early 80s watching TJ Hooker, all these shows I just mentioned, on a, a small black and white television that was probably like 10 or 11 inches. But to me, I don't remember any of it in retrospect. It occurring to me that I'm watching Knight Rider in black and white yeah, or I'm watching TJ Hooker in black and white. You know, all it, it, To me, I was just watching the show, but it was black. So it's just... This is another thing I don't know if younger people can grasp. It's like that never occurred to me. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a phenomenon because we had black and white TVs. Yeah. Where it was like the second television. I don't know if it happened with adults or if maybe it was a kid thing because of kids have more active imaginations. Where like you watched it in black and white, but after a while you just saw it in color. Yeah. Your mind would fill in the colors. So I think by like our age, you know, we're, we're born in the late seventies, coming up in the early eighties. By that time, the black and white TV was a secondary TV. It was a TV that they had, and they, they'd upgraded, and they have it now in the other room. So that's the stuff why the product of people our age are watching that. But it never occurred to me that I'm watching all my input at TJ Hooker or Silver Spoons was on a black and white or Knight Rider with Carr, and I'm trying to figure out which 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 one is you know Kit and which one's Carr <laughs> when it's the same color. <laughs> You must get out of here, kid. You know, yeah. um, so it's just it's it's just astounding to think about the old days, you know. Or you're losing the picture. There was a button on the back of the TV. You lose the picture, and you'd have to turn it to get the picture back. And if you're going the wrong way, get worse. And my dad's like, "You're going the wrong way." And then I got to turn the other way. And then finally, you, it would get the picture again, and it would stop, and you'd have the picture. Like you didn't lose the picture. All this stuff is gone now, you know. But it's just it's just so astounding. Anyway, now that we found our stride here going to wrap it up i don't you know we're, we're still gonna i think put out our, our regular thing but these are just stuff that try to just you know they're not as um uh labor intensive for us it's a new kind of format we're playing with 
uh, see how people like it. It's not going to replace the old show, but since we don't yeah. really have the time to do the old show as regularly as uh, we'd like to, this is kind of try to fill in a couple of the blanks here and there. We've already got a movie kind of in the hopper that we're talking about doing uh, a recommendation uh, for those astute listeners like Jose. Blake brought it up years ago on an episode and he was telling me about it. So that always stuck with me. And then somebody else brought it up and I was like, oh, you got to really watch that because Blake told me to watch it. And I watched it and it blew me away because of the actor who was in it and doing the stuff in it. So I was telling Blake, I was like, hey, let's just do that. So I ordered the book and uh, I didn't want to bring it up here too much. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I (laughs) I didn't want to say who the author of the book was. Um, But so we do have a movie in the hopper we're thinking of doing, which is actually a really offbeat movie. People, you know, it's right up our alley because people are like, well, are you going to do that movie? Because I guarantee at least 50% of the audience has probably not seen the movie because I hadn't seen it. And, yeah. and why had you seen it? You just come across it or you knew uh, about it? I, I, I'm afraid if I say why I watched it that it'll give away too much. We'll talk about oh, it really? when we do it. I'll tell you why I watched it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> that, that's a to be continued. All right. Well, but I will say before, just before we hit stop on this baby, this particular format will is obviously a work in progress. You can see, like, we kind of by the end of this episode, we kind of found something. So, uh, yeah. If you didn't like most of this episode. Give it another try or two because we're going to f- figure out what this show actually is going to be as we do it. Yeah, and then um, you know, if you want to give us some um, pointers or whatever you call it, um, you know, say what you like or what you didn't like. And I'm sure there's going to be people uh, in the audience who don't doesn't like this because a lot of us sometimes don't like our lead in banter. Um, they want us to just get to the, yeah. which is funny because for years I was like, well, what the hell? And then recently, if I'm on YouTube listening to something, I'm like, why aren't these guys talking about the movie yet? And then I'm like, I'm actually <laughs> criticizing ourselves. Yeah. Like, these assholes are spending how much time when I want to just listen to what they're talking about. And then I'm like, that's the exact same thing Blake and I do. Yeah, we should. But it's organic. We didn't know back in the day when we started, there wasn't this idea of, I forget how, what there's a term for it now where we could have put in the t- in the description that we start talking about the movie at this time code time stamp it but then i think everyone would do that you know everybody would everyone would miss the you know the keys to the kingdom when we're, t- we're giving them the secrets of financial prosperity <laughs> <laughs> you know tony robbins and uh what's his face told okay so um Thanks for listening. Happy 2024. This is the new one of 2024. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be seeing you soon. We'll drop another one. And um, uh, we hope uh, you like what's going on. And, um, you know, and everything. everybody's good. Everyone's okay. I'll go as far and, uh, as to say I can't promise we'll do it. But if there are, like, vague topics you want us to talk off the top of our heads about, <laughs> feel free to recommend them. And if it seems like something who we can talk about and feel like talking about, we would do that, potentially. Well, uh, let's see. Joey from Sheboygan has asked us to talk about becoming financially independent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Joey, you got to cut up those credit cards. <laughs> you got to cut up those credit cards and get rid of that debt. So, um, all right, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, why don't you even recommend topics for us um, within the, the parameters of reason? <laughs> Like I said, As we, we may not do them, but uh, if it seems like you might spark some inspiration in us to talk about something. Yeah. We're not going to do an OnlyFans account there, uh, Tiffany from um, from Kalamazoo. So 
so. All right, All right very good. Well, always a pleasure. Never business. We should talk soon. And um, for everyone out in the land of listening, uh, we hope all is well. And you'll be hearing from us before you know it. Later.